You're listening to a Roddenberry Podcast. I'm Earl Green, and this is your Sci-Fi 5, five minutes of science fiction history for March 10th. Space Invaders revolutionized the gaming industry, and the arcade version allegedly led to a coin shortage in Japan. Not long after, the home version made Atari a household name. The Atari 2600 version of Space Invaders was released in North America 42 years ago today, on March 10, 1980. By the late 1970s, the video game craze was starting to look like a flash in the pan. Pong had taken the world by storm, resulting in countless copycats, but little in the way of innovation. But Tomohiro Nishikado, a game designer for Japan's Taito Trading Company, was about to shake things up. Nishikado redesigned arcade hardware to achieve the unthinkable, a video game where the targets not only move, but shoot back. It seems simple today, but before 1978, games didn't really have bad guys. Originally, Nishikado planned on pitting the player against planes, tanks, and ships, but he was unhappy with the designs that current technology allowed. Human enemies, which would be easier to animate, were vetoed by Taito's executives. As he worked through the summer of 77, news came in about a popular new American film, Star Wars, and thus Space Invaders was born. Space Invaders wasn't just the first shoot-'em-up. It was the first video game where the player could die. Rather than a timer, the game ends when you lose your last life or the aliens reach the bottom of the screen. Likewise, it was the first game where you could play until you lost, starting over on a harder level when you shoot the final enemy. It was also the first game with the soundtrack, even if it was just four creepily accelerating mechanical notes. And possibly most importantly, it was the first game with a high scoreboard. Nishikado's programming colleagues loved the game. They encouraged him to ratchet up the difficulty by leaving in a bug that sped the monsters up as their numbers decreased. But Taito executives and Japanese arcade owners didn't think the game would do well. They thought players would be turned off by the fact that a single play would often be shorter than what you'd get for the same price on a timer-based game. A few arcades and pachinko parlors took a risk and bought Space Invaders cabinets in April of 1978. Then they bought more. By the end of 1978, Taito had sold more than 100,000 machines, bringing in more than $670 million in Japan alone, more than double what Star Wars brought in globally the year before. There's no doubt Space Invaders was a success, but did it really cause a coin shortage? Learn more after this. Space Invaders revitalized the gaming industry, but it wasn't without controversy. Space Invaders' wrist was a legitimate medical diagnosis, and there were unfounded reports of pre-teens robbing banks to get more quarters. There's even a popular urban legend that the game caused a shortage of 100 yen coins in Japan. There's not much historical evidence to back that up, though, and any coins spent on the game would likely end up deposited at a bank and back in circulation relatively quickly. If there was a coin crisis, however, Atari might have helped alleviate it. The Atari video computer system, which we now call the Atari 2600, didn't have a strong launch. Less than two million consoles were sold in the first three years, and there was stiff competition from larger companies like Mattel. 
Everything changed on March 10, 1980, when Atari launched the first licensed home version of Space Invaders. That year, that game alone sold 2 million copies. Space Invaders' innovative challenges reshaped game design. Don't feel bad, though, if you've never shot the UFO or can't hit that last quick-moving alien. In a 2013 interview with The New Yorker, designer Tomohiro Nishikado revealed he's never made it past the first stage. This has been 5 Minutes of Science Fiction History, your daily Sci-Fi 5 for March 10th. Sci-Fi 5 is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment. This is a Roddenberry podcast. For more great podcasts, visit podcast.roddenberry.com.